Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Women Arsecast on Arsblog.com with me, your host, Tim Stillman. I am not going to blab too much at the top of this podcast because I am definitely not the person you want to listen to on this particular episode. Um, we were invited down to London Colney um, on Friday last week um, and we were given access to a few players. Um, so on this episode, you're going to hear me at Colney speaking to Jen Beattie, Lotta Wubbenmoy and Victoria Pullover. Um, and clearly the focus is on Arsenal's Champions League semi-final uh, coming up this weekend, the first leg against Wolfsburg. Uh, so that's the kind of focus of the podcast. And obviously, needless to say, there are still tickets available for the second leg at Emirates Stadium on Monday. That's Bank Holiday Monday, the 1st of May at 5.45pm. I think at the time of record recording, we're at about 45,000 tickets sold, which is absolutely incredible. But hey, there's still time to make it a sellout, so let's make it a sellout. So you're going to listen to me talking to uh, Jen, Lotta and Victoria in turn at London Colney. Just before I turn over to those interviews, though, I want to explain, um, um, a, a, I guess, a, a sound issue, a slight sound issue. Uh, it shouldn't spoil your enjoyment of this episode at all. Um, however, what I did was I took my trusty dictaphone with me because we were recording. Some of you may have seen it before. Arsenal have kind of an indoor training centre at Colney. Uh, they do a lot of broadcasting here um, and do a lot of kind of the the uh, broadcast interviews you see with the men's and the women's team uh, kind of happen in this indoor uh, kind of place. So there's a little bit going on in the background because there are other broadcasters doing interviews and Arsenal doing some stuff for their socials and, and that's all absolutely fine. But what I did was I brought my trusty dictaphone with me, which is a fantastic piece of kit. Uh, faithfully laid it down when I spoke to uh, Jen Lotter and Victoria Pullover, recorded everything, or at least I thought I'd recorded everything, and then I came home to listen to my uh, Parkinson-esque triumph of trio of interviews, and I uploaded the file, and all I got was 30 minutes of total silence. Um, what I'd somehow managed to do was press... I don't know how or when I did this because with this dictaphone it's difficult to like accidentally flick a switch like the, the, the buttons are quite chunky but um, I had the wrong input so basically my dictaphone thought that I was going to plug an external mic into it so it was waiting for an external mic um, to do the recording and, and obviously that wasn't happening so I just got loads of silence. Um, so how have I reproduced the interviews for this podcast I hear you cry? Well one of the there are a lot of drawback drawbacks sorry to being a hyper anxious individual like me um however one of the few kind of upsides 
is that when you live in a mind where you expect everything to go wrong all the time, sometimes you prepare for things going wrong. Often you prepare for things going wrong and often it's a complete waste of time and energy. On this occasion it was not. I did a backup recording on my phone uh, because I'm always expecting the worst to happen and this was just one of those felicitous occasions where that proved not to be a waste of time. So the audio is from my phone which means it's not quite as good. It's perfectly fine. It's absolutely fine. It's 7 out of 10. Had it come through my dictaphone it would be 9 out of 10. Um, but it's it's absolutely fine and you probably won't notice. I'll notice, but you probably won't, um, to be honest with you. So uh, all of the recordings are off my phone. Um, the only thing to note before I turn this over to the interviews is I didn't quite start recording in the first interview when I asked Jen Beattie the first question. So I get her answer, but I, don't, I, I didn't record my question to her, which was basically just to ask her to assess um, because she played... Um, against Wolfsburg in the semi-final in 2013, 10 years ago. Uh, and funnily enough, we did the interview 10 years to the day that Arsenal played Wolfsburg at Meadow Park. Um, and I just asked for her observations about how playing in the Champions League has changed over the last decade with the interest, the branding, um, and, and of course the opponents as well. Because um, there is like a, there is a, not a coincidence, but there is something quite nice, I guess, about playing Wolfsburg in a semi-final, our first semi-final in 10 years again. And I think that just really shows that these two clubs have been very, very consistent in their commitment to women's football, unlike other clubs. Um, but anyway, so just to explain that to you around the audio, um, like I said, I don't think it will spoil your enjoyment at all of these interviews. And I'm really grateful to Jen, Lotta and Victoria uh, for their time and, and grateful to Arsenal as well for making this happen. So if you haven't already bought a ticket, for Arsenal v Wolfsburg on Monday the 1st of May, Bank Holiday Monday, 5.45pm, do so. It's going to be a historic occasion, semi-final second leg and fingers crossed it might be a great European night at Emirates Stadium and we haven't had many of those over the last decade. So now I'm going to turn it over to my interview at London Colney's um, interviews, starting with uh, Miss Jennifer Patricia Beatty. As players, you know, playing in the Champions League, of course, it was still exciting and fun to be a part of European football and playing against the top teams and top top players around Europe. But absolutely, I think the, the scheduling and the exposure that it's got now has really, really added that, I guess, the flair to it. And, you know, to be getting, pushing 20,000 on Champions League nights, it, it just it just adds to it. It's like anything, a, a full stadium, like a full crowd, It's the, the atmosphere has been unbelievable. So I guess it has trying to match the men's sort of um, speciality to it in that mm. sense of, of it, it being it always has been the biggest trophy you can win in European football but but now it's just added that, that whole expectation to it it's, it's incredible but I, I think it's just followed the same trajectory as, as the rest of women's football has it's, it's grown it's expanded it's become more exciting to play in it's got so much more competitive now mm. um, there's so many more teams competing at the top so it's, it's just incredible to be a part of I'm always wary about asking players about their memories. Um, I asked Anita Asante something a few weeks ago where I was asking her about winning the league at Highbury in 2004, and she was like, I don't remember that at all. So I'm wary about oh, she this. She won so much. Yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed. But um, the last time Arsenal played Wolfsburg in a semi-final in 2013, you played mm -hmm. um, in that tie. 
I was going to say, what are your memories of that tie? Do you have any memories of that tie? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, like from that, I, I remember that time period and definitely that that few years of playing Champions League football. The German teams were always the giants. You know, they're the ones that dominated. I think it was always Duisburg. Wolfsburg, Bayern Munich, they were always the top, top teams and they were always the toughest to play against and, and really just matching them physically was always the hardest. I think German football has that um, people talk about it that way, but it's super physical and it was going into those Champions League games were always so difficult and yeah, I do remember German teams in general being really hard to play against in, in those few years and look it's no change now they're still unbelievable it's a very very tough league as well to go, to go out and play and um, yeah it's no, it's no surprise that we're, we're getting them again in the semis yeah I, I went to the first leg of that game I think the second leg was on Eurosport or something my memory from it was um, Nadine Kessler played in midfield for Wolfsburg mm. and it was the first time I'd seen Kim Little get a bit of a chasing really? in midfield and I don't think I've seen it since yeah. either but um, like you say Wolfsburg I mean still there every single year I think they won it that year they're still in this stage every single year what's your kind of impression of them as opponents particularly as a defender and all of the attacking talent they have yeah I mean I, I watched I don't want to talk about Germany too much as a country, but obviously I've watched them a lot over the Euros and with Hoot and, and Pop and that attacking threat, and that's 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 Wolfsburg in a nutshell. So it's, it's it's easy to relate the German national team to to Wolfsburg and the kind of the way that they play. But no, like I mean, I've been playing against Pop since I was a kid. I think I think we're similar ages, and she came through the ranks sort of similar time frame I did in terms of youth football. So for me, she's always been. Um, an incredible talent to, to play up against and a huge challenge and, and Hoot's no different I love watching her play I think she's an incredibly talented player with, with the ball at her feet and her attacking threat and her dribbling it's, it's a completely di different dynamic so as a defender that's that's always really tricky because you've got Pop her, her physical prowess and her dominance in a box and then Hoot completely different wants to drag you out of spaces and and, and be a dribbler and you know be tricky and, and catch you off guard in that sense so it's they're a team you just need to be on it for 90 minutes out of a game or over two legs yeah yeah the the three players that exist still what exist still play for the clubs from those 2013 semis are you kim and alex pop uh, played oh, in those so yeah emphasising you your point there <laughs> emphasising our age yeah more than well, <laughs> indeed I'm older than all of you so um, I, I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about your role this season because mm. uh, you signed a new contract last summer um, but you know took a, a slightly different role as well inside the club in terms of having a look at like the commercial and marketing side yeah. how did that come about and how's that been going for you um I think, well, like, first and foremost, I always want to emphasise that I'm still a full-time player. I still I still care massively about training to the best of my ability and, and trying to get minutes where where and when I can, and I'm still massively competitive in that sense. Um, but, I th look, I think coming with um, just getting older and, and finding interest elsewhere and being at a club like Arsenal that were just so... Um, supportive in that and offering the support and offering areas in I wanted to develop because look I, I would play football until I was 40 50 if I could but we all know that the career will end at some point so it's it was more about me just trying to have a bit of a backup plan and, and develop in other areas and when you're not playing 90 minutes every week you, you kind of do have a bit more of a headspace to, to focus on other things and um, 
so I raised the question with with Claire Wheatley and, and Jonas to kind of see what see what the options were, um, and they were massively supportive. I studied business at uni, so, so I've always been really um, interested in the, in the marketing and, and sales aspects of clubs because it's a business at the end of the day, a, a football club, and so I just wanted to see a bit behind the scenes and after the Euros the, the whole strategy just completely kicked off within the club so I, I feel like I started it at you know such a, an exciting time and the staff were, were so engaging and they've been amazing with me so I'm in Highbury House try to once a week um, and work on the marketing side of stuff and then being an academy ambassador something I, I, I really value in um, just having that link and someone for the kids to go to to kind of have that advice or just make the transition into first team football basically as easy as possible so whether that's school work and trying to balance that or any sort of anxieties that they might have coming and playing at a first team environment just trying to make that as smooth as possible um, so yeah there's a, there's a couple of roles there and both I'd love, love to develop yeah and you talked about the marketing side there yeah um, we're recording on Friday the 14th of April it's actually 10 years today since we played Wolfsburg at home uh-huh. in the Champions League semi-final at Meadow Park I know that because it came up on my Facebook memories this morning nice. and I reckon there were probably about 200 300 people there yeah um, time of recording about 41,000 tickets sold um, you know I, I guess just the, the job the club have done in terms of selling this as an occasion and as a game and um, maybe for you as players having the second leg at home which wasn't the case against Wolfsburg last year yeah. in front of that type of crowd and you know maybe does that I don't want to go as far to say as give you an advantage but is that factored into your thinking I mean it's, it's definitely a boost it's definitely a confidence boost I think the, the Bayern games are probably the perfect example of that like going away and, and playing up um, away as the first leg is always difficult but whatever the result, we obviously lost 1-0 to Bayern. We know that when we come back to the Emirates, it's a boost playing in front of a home crowd. Incredible atmosphere. But look, I think the club has done an incredible job pushing it. I think I think it's safe to say like Emirates is our home, Meadow Park is our home, but the more games that we play at the Emirates, the bigger crowd we can have. And that's, that's the obvious answer. And it's credit to the club and for, for being at the forefront and, and breaking records in, in terms of women's football. So they're, they're at the for, forefront of that, breaking WSL records, breaking Champions League records. So to be in amongst it in the office and actually seeing the sort of energy and, and care that goes into it from staff has, has really been amazing and like a privilege to be a part of. And just as a final question, you also mentioned as part of your role that kind of academy ambassador. And I think a lot of people kind of in women's football recognise there's there has been a bit of a disconnect between like academy and first team yeah. and it's quite a big jump but one of the things about the Champions League is the squads are bigger mm-hmm. so quite often it's been like Madison Earl, yeah, um, Michelle Ajumang yeah. quite often in the squad um, how have you kind of used your experience to help them I guess particularly for like the Champions League away trips yeah I mean first and foremost they're great kids their attitude's unbelievable when they come into it they know what's expected and I think that's eased the transition a little bit but look 100% I was 18-19 when I first came came down to Arsenal and to, to be a part of big games I had the likes of I was so lucky to have Rachel Yankee Jane Ludlow Kelly Smith Julie Sleeting even you know arm around my shoulder making sure I was alright and that was it, it doesn't get much better so I kind of took little snippets of what they helped me with and, and tried to to help the kids because I just I understand it I get I get what it feels like to but look 
you said it yourself. There's, there's, you can't really compare playing Wolfsburg in front of 200, 300 people, potentially 40,000 at the Emirates. So I, I know it's, it's almost not what I experienced. I kind of need to just listen to how they feel and understand and try and try and help them whatever way. Because I can't really, I know how it feels to play Champions League, but I, I can't really say how that feels at an 18 year old. Mm. So it's, it's, it's much, much bigger now. Um, so it's just it's just listening, trying to understand how they feel, and just realise that it's a team sport. We're all in it together, and they're a huge part of it as well. Jen BT, thanks very much, and good luck uh, for both legs. Pleasure. Thank you very much. So that was me chatting to Jen Beatty and one of the things I was really interested to do in speaking to Jen was just to get her kind of historical perspective. Um, I think on playing in the Women's Champions League as a player who's been. Um, representing Arsenal in that competition for over a decade and reflect on on some of those changes as well as some of the changes to to her own role within the club. But now I'm going to speak to Lotta Wubben Moy and with Lotta the focus is very much on what Arsenal have learned playing in the Champions League compared to last season. And you may remember that Lotta scored the equaliser in the home leg against Wolfsburg last season in the Champions League quarter-final. On that occasion, the first leg was at home, the second leg was away. Um, And so a lot of this interview is really about the journey Arsenal have been on, but also how home advantage in front of a big crowd might help Arsenal in the second leg this time around. My first question, the, the thing I, I was kind of just talking to Jen Beatty and, you know, she's been playing Champions League football for over a decade and that kind of journey. But the thing I really wanted to reflect on with you is the journey that the team has been on under Jonas in the Champions League. And something I've spoken to him a lot about is how the team's developed in Europe. Um, how much, you know, I'm looking at particularly match day one against Lyon. How much did that result? just give you that kind of confidence to play in Europe? Well, I mean, um, even just thinking back to that um, 5-1 win against Lyon feels like ages ago. Um, and every every game that we have entered into um, has been sort of, has felt sort of isolated in the sense that we don't try to get ahead of ourselves. I think that's, that's one of the keys in, in this whole journey. It's that you assess what's ahead of you and um, you play to your strengths, you try to play to their weaknesses also and um, you take that step and then go to the next one. I think um, looking at it at the start of the, the Champions League season in the group stages uh, or even the year before that in the knockouts to, to then look ahead to a quarter-final or semi-final seems somewhat in, unrealistic and I know the cliche is play what's in front of you, like take it one game at a time but that truly is the case and um, I think that's allowed us to um, go in and um, play to our capabilities and play to even beyond our capabilities at times because we've um, not got ahead of ourselves and um, I think in the Champions League you um, need to stay in the game and you need to be able to weather the the storms that come because we're playing against top opposition but then while we have respect for the other team we also um, play with confidence and play with freedom. I think you've seen that in in majority of the games we've played so far, um, that we've just grown and grown and um, taken it one game at a time. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's kind of really dawned on me is like how Arsenal have handled different phases of the game. So Juventus at home in the group stage, you know, it's 1-0, 10 minutes to go, shut the game down against Bayern 
go out really, really hard and fast, go 2-0 up, not shut the game down, but then control the game and just controlling those different phases and the different tempos of the games. And I wondered what you guys had learned maybe from last year's Champions League where, you know, some of the group stage games were pretty tough, like Barcelona, even the Hoffenheim games as well. Um, you know, do you talk about that consciously, about some of the lessons you learned from last year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, there are there are lessons that you always take from every game. And um, looking at the league uh, compared to the Champions League, obviously it's so different. And um, yeah, you, you end up playing games where the competition is so, so high that yeah, you can sometimes lose yourself within that. And um, if you're looking at the direct maybe lessons that we've, we've learned, it is to stay in the game and uh, remain confident and remain... Um, sort of even keeled within within that, not going too high or going too low. I think um, we, we hit a few lows last season when we when we were in the Champions League and when, when we were on that journey and I think that let us rock that rocked us too much. Um, if you look at the run into these past two or the, the two legs of the quarter final, um, there could have been moments where we would have hit lows or would have hit really highs but you saw that we were even killed and that we um, went into it with, with a steady head and like you say, we controlled the game and um, that was what was asked of us um, and yeah, didn't didn't get too carried away with it. Obviously when the final whistle went we, we were all ecstatic and um, that's when you can sort of enjoy the moment but um, yeah, looking at the lessons from last year it's not getting too ahead of ourselves or too yeah, beat down about it. And uh, one of the things as well about your specific role in the Champions League this year, you know, you've come off the bench early in like hot games away at Ajax um, and at home to Bayern as well at a point where I think everyone saw Kim go down and, you know, there, there could have been within the team and within the crowd a kind of, oh God, Kim Lip was gone down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you came into both of those environments from the bench um, and I remember talking to Jonas actually, and he, he talked about, particularly after Ajax, that that's about how you prepare, yeah. um, in particular in training. How did it, how did it kind of feel for you coming into those? Like I said, there were quite hot games yeah. at the time. Um. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of. Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. I think, first off, uh, for me personally as a player, um, I'm extremely professional and I hold myself to an extremely high standard, um, not just in games but also in training, so that sort of preparedness, that aspect, um, I will always be prepared, um, regardless of whether I'm starting or I'm on the bench. And I think when you um, look at my journey so far in the Champions League, um, after the Ajax game, I, pr I pretty much started almost every Champions League game and um, I've grown within that and I feel comfortable within that and I feel like I can contribute to the team. Um, but yeah, coming coming into games like that, um, yeah, of course there are um, nerves, there are moments of, oh gosh, like, Kimmy, I hope you're okay, like, this is a big loss for us. But then there's also an aspect to me that's like, all right, let's go. This is for the taking. And, um, I think you saw that in the, the buy-in game and um, yeah I mean I, I feel good, I feel um, confident and I feel strong at the moment and um, yeah those those moments only fuel that fire. And just a final question about uh, Wolfsburg who obviously played last season, you scored in that first leg um, and I think you could see certainly in the first leg that you know Wolfsburg kind of had the first half but Arsenal I think kind of harnessed the energy of being at home a little bit in that second half and you score that goal and maybe in the second leg Wolfsburg fed off their own crowd how significant do you think it could be that this time it's flipped that Arsenal are at home second and are going to be playing in front of a big crowd I mean first off um, I think it's important to know how many people are going to be at that, that game the second leg at the Emirates and uh, I want to shout out the Arsenal staff who um, from the mid-cap final whistle made their tickets on sale that's unbelievable. I don't think you see that in any other women's team. Um, and I think if you look at us then looking to try uh, play every every game at the Emirates for the future, that's what we need and that's what makes it sustainable. So I think first off, that's that's massive and without that, we, we wouldn't have as many people in those seats for, for the first of May. But I think when you look at the Formula 4 going away and then home, we are in it we are in it and um, yeah the fact that we had that for Bayern um, and the fact that I think that helped us um, is massive and um, knowing that we have that on our side and knowing that we will have Gunas in the stadium um, cheering for us willing us on um, I think I just said like in another interview it will be the 12th 13th 14th woman man that's in that stadium for us and that's going to be massive and um that will really help us against Wolfsburg. Lotta, thank you very much. And uh, another 87th minute goal against Wolfsburg in the second leg to win the tie would do very nicely. Yes, please. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Tim. 
Thanks very much to Stoke Newington's finest, uh, Lotta Wubben Moy there. Uh, now um, I'm going to speak to Victoria Pullover, who joined the club from Ajax in January. And with Victoria, there's obviously there's going to be chat about the Wolfsburg game as well, but a little bit more about her signing for Arsenal from Ajax and continuing that fine tradition of Dutch players um, at Arsenal on both the men's and the women's side. So this is a little bit more of a general interview. Um, about Victoria settling into life in London and at Arsenal and um, Victoria did the most stereotypical Dutch thing ever of doing this interview in perfect English and then as soon as the mic was turned off she apologised for her poor English um, which is something I've experienced with nearly every Dutch player uh, I've ever interviewed I think so uh, this is me speaking to Victoria Pullover. Victoria, you, um, I was at uh, both legs of the Ajax Arsenal game in the in the qualifier back in September. When you played in that game against Arsenal, did you imagine that you'd be playing for Arsenal in the semi-final later that season? No, I dreamed of it. But I dreamed <laughs> to go to Arsenal in the summer, um, but then I didn't go, or it was not possible. And after the games against Arsenal, and then we lost, I was like, oh, I want to play Champions League now. So, yeah, maybe it had to go like this. And what are your your memories of that tie? I spoke to Jonas about you a couple of weeks ago, in particular after the Tottenham game, and how you really seemed to thrive on the physical side of that game. And one of the things he said to me was that when we played against Ajax, when he saw you in person, he was really impressed by the physical um, side of your game. So, And obviously Ajax were very physical in that tie. Um, I don't know whether you had to like speak to some of the players that maybe <laughs> about the temperature of that game when you arrived here, but um, what are your kind of mem- overall memories of that tie, which was a really competitive tie that Ajax could easily have won? Um, yeah, my, I was so proud of my team back then in, at Ajax because like Arsenal is such a great team and we didn't expect to have a chance. And then when we played the first game, we were actually doing so good, so um, yeah, I just have a, such a good memories because you go as an underdog and then if you do so good it's always nice, um, so yeah, just good memories there. Anna, you were quite open about wanting to join Arsenal even before uh, the signing yeah. happened, I mean, what was it? Or is it about Arsenal in particular that really, really attracted you? And how, how did the signing come about? Because I know, like you said, there were links last summer. And how did it all kind of come about? And what was it that really made you want to come to Arsenal in particular? So I really wanted to play at the English competition because I think it's one of the best. And then if I look at English teams, I just like Arsenal. How they pick the style of football, I like them most. I think it suits me as well as a player and I've always watched Arsenal and I loved Arsenal and I know my older teammates from the Dutch team who played at Arsenal always had a good time so yeah that was a reason for me to to come to Arsenal. And in terms of the physical side because we've had plenty of Dutch players at Arsenal but I think almost none of them maybe except from Fasari came from the Excuse Netherlands me, Victoria how has it been since you signed for Arsenal <laughs> <laughs> who's your favourite player who's your favourite teammate 
we've uh, uh, we've had uh, someone crash the podcast and try and host it there. Um, I'll let you guess by the accent who that was. Um, but in terms of like the f- the kind of physical side, because all of the other Dutch players we'd signed, like Viv came from Germany, Gilles Rod came from Bayern, Dan came from Sweden. So a lot of them had made that step to uh, maybe like a bigger, more physical league. Um, so how have you found it coming straight from Netherlands to the WSL? Yeah, I think it was hard. Like, I think the, the some particular games against Chelsea, City, Bayern, you really can feel that they are so physical. And like the other games, it's like Reading or Tottenham is also physical, but less physical than the top games. So, like particularly in the top games, it, it was a bit. I had to adapt myself a bit and to learn a lot. But I think. If I play if I play more minutes, more minutes, I will just get used to it more. Um, also, like for me and DVD, we are a bit like little girls. <laughs> like so that I think it, it is hard for us to get to the physic, like really the physical thing. And for Fifth and Jill, there's they are stronger there, mm. so maybe it was easier for them. But still, they I mean they went to Germany and they had to run a lot. Um, but yeah, it was a. It is difficult still to adapt now from the Dutch league to here, and particularly the Champions League, Champions league games or Chelsea or City. Yeah. And on your recent international break, obviously you play with a couple of Wolfsburg players, both former Arsenal <laughs> players, in Gilles Rod and Dominic Janssen. Did you speak to them um, yeah. about this tie a bit, and what kind of things did you say? Yeah, they they are a bit joking about it. And it's, they're telling me like, see you next week, see you next week, with a joke. Um, but no, we're not really saying something because I think we are like, how do you say, competitive? Country? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was just respectful talking. And um, before you signed for Arsenal, did you speak to Dom or Gilles or, or uh, DVD? Who, who did you speak with when Arsenal were interested in you? Yeah, DVD a lot. Like at the camp, I told her, yes, like one of the first persons, also Sari from Feyenoord died. And they just said immediately, like, no doubt, just do it. And DVD really pushed me to go. Mm. So I think I talked a lot with DVD also. Next time I speak to her, I'll thank her for that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jonas has said uh, to me, and, and I think most of us who've seen you in the national team see that you know you play a number of different positions and you've been playing a lot on the right for Arsenal recently do you do you see yourself as that versatile player or kind of looking forward is there a position that you want to try and nail down yeah I really love the midfield I've always been a midfielder so that's also like I go to a new team and it's also a new position for me I mean I've played there two times in the Dutch squad before here so it's still new um, you played wing back didn't you yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot but. of running <laughs> no that, that was different um, so no, I'm used to being on the midfield and to turn so I feel a bit um, yeah how do you say I feel more comfortable each game if I play at a winger but it's still I'm not used to it yeah, yeah, and when you play on the wing, I mean, you still... I want to go inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, like, the average position chart, and you're you're quite often very inside. Is that yeah. something that you and Jonas talk about? Yeah, and, like, we have um, wing-backs who can go, like, make the overlap, so that's in Arsenal, I can just do that, so that's good. 
And uh, just a final question. I mean, the, the second leg against Wolfsburg, at the time of recording, it's 41,000 tickets sold. Um, you know, I know you're, you're, you've played in front of crowds like that before, and particularly with the national team, but how much of an advantage do you think it could be for Arsenal to play in front of, you know, maybe nearing a sellout um, for the second leg? Yeah, like if you saw the second game against Bayern, you could see, yeah, you could tell the difference. We were, we had so much more energy, also because of the fans. So, I think it will make a difference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Excellent stuff. Well, Victoria, uh, on behalf of all for Arsenal fans, wish you the best of luck uh, for the time. Really looking forward to both legs. Thank you so much. Thank you. Was it okay, my English? Yes. And that's all we have time for for this episode. Big thanks again to Jen Beattie, Lotta, Wubben, Moy and Victoria Pullova for their time and and to Arsenal for uh, making this happen as well. Um, I think one of the reasons that it was like a it was a media broadcast day um, that they were doing at London Colney. Uh, we we they are not obliged to invite Ask Blog News um, to that. They're obliged to invite, I believe, certainly DAZN, who showed the Women's Champions League and Sky Sports and some of those big hitters. Um, but I think one of the reasons they invited us is because they really want to sell this second leg out at, against Wolfsburg on Monday the 1st of May. And I think um, Arsenal know uh, that we have a very good and direct line into fans of both the men's and the women's teams. Um, and, and, you know, in that kind of pursuit of selling this game out, um, I think, I think I don't know, but I think Arsenal kind of thought that Arsblog was a good avenue um, for, for doing that. So... Um, what can I say? Prove them right and we'll get more podcasts like this with a star-studded cast like that. So if you haven't already bought your tickets, please do. The first leg against Wolfsburg takes place on Sunday um, at 2.30pm English time uh, away at Wolfsburg for the first leg and then we bring them back to the Emirates eight days later. So um, huge, huge occasions both and Arsenal shooting for their first Champions League final since 2007. So fingers crossed good luck to the team and the manager uh, and the whole club and let's really bring the noise particularly on monday may the 1st and thank you so much uh, for listening hope you enjoyed that if you're not a regular listener of this podcast and you came along for the star names i don't blame you um, but do consider us giving us a listen on a more regular basis because uh, i think we we have great guests and with great opinions and insights on all things arsenal women and we've been doing this longer than anyone else quite frankly so there <laughs> and on that on that absolutely pointless boast thanks very much for listening and we will speak to you very very soon on another episode of the arsenal women ask cast probably celebrating getting to the champions league final deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.